the last thing you want to be is the guy that gives the CFO uh, a forecast and they go in the board meeting and all of a sudden the forecast is wrong. Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library. And today I have a great guest on, Brandon Metcalf. And we're going to talk about a topic that, you know, a lot of business owners may not be thinking about in the forefront of their mind. But I'll be honest, I mean, I'm, I'm a little selfish on this, or maybe I'm a little biased. But as a person who has a, an accounting and a finance background, I understand the critical need for financial forecasting but not just you know, building a forecast, but having a tool that allows you to keep it more real time, to keep up with it, to really help guide your decision-making so you kind of understand, hey, you know, what financial things do we need to be aware of? What type of results can we expect going forward so we can make the right decisions today to put the business in the best position? So Brandon, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, before we jump into the details of, of Place Technology, can you fill us in a little bit about, you know, your background and what led you to this role of CEO for Place Technologies? Yeah, it was actually, uh, this is the second software company that I'm building. My first company, Talent Rover, um, is what led me here where, you know, that, that business was a, a software company for the global staffing and recruiting industry. So we're basically an operating system that managed sales, recruiting, placements, back office, all that. Um, so really the heartbeat of uh, a staffing firm. And we had an incredible ride there where um, we ended up having what, nine offices in eight countries around the world, customers in more than 40 co uh, countries. Um, but we also had a interesting fundraising uh, experience there as well, where we raised $28 million for that business. And 25 of it came from angel investors. And Really what enabled us to do this was the fact that we built out all these financial models. Um, so we we're not only executing and hitting our sales targets, uh, but I developed all these models that helped us forecast you know, the things you would think about, profit and loss, balance sheet, all of that. But we also got really good at forecasting cash flow. So I could forecast six months, 18 months, 24 months in the future, even as we were growing at 3,000% year over year, what the cash was going to be which is what the investors needed to get confidence that not only could we execute and hit numbers, but we also had a realistic control of how much we were spending, why we were spending and what the cash need was gonna be. Um, so Talent Rover, we did that all with spreadsheets and it was brutal because it was at least 20 hours of my time. And I, you know, half my month I was spending flying around the world to visit customers, visit our different offices and all that. So I would still invest about 20 to 30 hours a month on the spreadsheets myself, but then accounting, uh, was spending probably about 100 hours a month. Um, and we consistently did it because we knew the value we were getting, but it was painful. It was also delayed. So by the time we even got the numbers, we knew that they were already out of date. Um, so when we uh, exited the business, we were acquired by our, our biggest competitor. And part of that diligence of figuring out where we we're going to sell or not was us running through these models as well to teach us and tell us you know, what were all the different potential outcomes for the business to help us negotiate a better exit? Um, so we eventually went through that. And then after I left that business, um, I started doing a little bit of consulting work uh, to try to figure out what I wanted to do next. And these software companies and services companies that I was consulting for, they all wanted these financial models, but they also wanted to operationalize these financial models like I did, which, you know, to your point before, it's how, how quickly can you get the data? How can you make the data live? 
because that's when it's going to be the most meaningful for, for companies to use. So we decided to tackle this problem. Um, we looked at all the competitors that were in the space and the space has been around for, you know, two decades, but no one's really solved the problem specifically for SMB and mid-market companies. So that's what, what we're trying to do um, with bringing a really robust, highly flexible, very agile financial forecasting tool that also then ties in operational efficiencies, workflow efficiencies for the finance team. And we're bringing finance into the operation so that they're no longer siloed. And and really just trying to create a lot of efficiency for both the finance and uh, finance team and the business. Awesome. You know, I'm very curious and, you know, for, for all, all the, the, the guests that are watching and listening, you know, you may hear me nerd out a little bit on this topic. Cause like I said, this is my, where, where I live. <laughs> um, you know, very curious where, as you met with the, you know, talking to different customers about their financial forecasts and their models, you know, how many of them really grasp the value of what the model was telling them versus how much of it may have been some of an education process. You know, it's, it varies. Um, uh, smaller companies, I think, struggle with this more. I think larger companies struggle with it, but in a different context. Larger company, it's more the efficiency and the effort that goes into building the forecast because they understand they need the forecast, especially if you're if you have any institutional money invested in the business, you're going to have to come up with financials. Um, smaller companies can typically get away with it for a bit until they get to a certain size. And, and then, then they're going to need to be able to do this as well. I look back at more of my experience when I first started Talent Rover. I had not a lot of uh, experience of actually managing like the creation of financials and all of that. Like, I've managed P&Ls and you know, I, my career started in, in uh, financial services, so I get finance to a certain extent, but really understanding what these financial documents are telling you and why they're telling you um, the things that they are and why that's important. And then how do you actually make that meaningful in the business and what you should be paying attention to? And, you know, you can Google and there's all this different advice of you should pay attention to this or no, it's this magical equation that's going to solve all your problems or this one is the one you need to focus on. But at the end of the day, it's it's really understanding it. So Talent Rover was a crash course for me to not understand what is a PL or cash flow or balance sheet, but was understanding, okay, why is it structured this way specifically for my business? What, what am I trying to accomplish? Like, where should these numbers be? How can I benchmark myself against other companies? And really, how do I best uh, take advantage of what's happening with the company from a financial standpoint to make it more efficient, and more profitable? Uh, and then also, how do I leverage that to drive operations, like increase processes or improve processes, increase, you know, efficiency, um, specific examples, like how do we get better pricing? How do we increase our margin? Should we enter a market? Um, should we get out of a market? All of those different types of things. And it really started with educating myself about this is what I need to understand with, with these financials. So, you know, I think a lot of other founders and smaller companies, especially, are in that same boat. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the technology itself. So when it comes down to, you know, like I said, that that real-time update, which is a huge pain point for a lot of people when it comes down to forecasting, you know, with place technologies, how do you guys go about tackling that? Yeah, so this was a specific um, focus of, of building the product. Um you know, we had a few main priorities, implementation, speed of getting clients live and all of that's another one as well. But um, 
I, the models that I built require a lot of data that goes into them on the spreadsheets, which is why they took so long. Uh, so we wanted to simplify that process of how do we get all the data in one place? Because you can't really build accurate forecasts unless you have up-to-date data. That is also all the data that you need. So a lot of times when building up forecasts, you spend most of your time just gathering your data, getting an input into a spreadsheet, and then quadruple checking to make sure you didn't break any of the millions of formulas that you have throughout these crazy spreadsheets to, to, to produce the numbers. And the last thing you want to be is the guy that gives the CFO uh, a forecast and they go on the board meeting and all of a sudden the forecast is wrong. So you spend a lot of time verifying. So what we did is we, we wanted to make our product work at the transaction level. So essentially we, the very first thing you do when you install our product is you uh, authenticate into your accounting system and we bring in your chart of accounts, but we also bring in every single accounting transaction that is in your accounting system. Um, this is unusual for our space. All of our competitors do more of a summary level, but we get into the detail, uh, the transaction level detail, because then we use that to help actually shape the forecast uh, looking into the future. So instead of just using assumptions and percentages of growth and change and all of that, we actually create forward looking transactions for all of the uh, elements in your forecast moving forward. So both revenue expense, and then we also have a workforce module that is employees and their compensations and commissions and quotas and pretty much every piece of, uh, of financial data that you need is inside of our product. Um, we built the product on salesforce.com, which we're also the only financial forecasting product built on Salesforce. My last company was built on Salesforce. So we're very familiar with, with the technology, but also the reasoning as to why. Um, the big reason that relates to this conversation is we have a multi-billion dollar platform that we can now harness all of this data together and it's powerful enough to then process it and actually making make it very meaningful to the output. So we took all of our financial models and took all of our experience building Salesforce-based businesses, combined them together to create PlaySPM um, on Salesforce. And we're primarily targeting Salesforce customers. Um, that's our, our primary goal is to bring finance into the Salesforce ecosystem. Uh, and so far it's been exciting and fun and uh, the reception has been great and we're having a good time. Awesome. Awesome. So when you think about, um, like I said, other than, you know, clients that are already on Salesforce, are there any other features or I guess you say aspects of a, a target customer that this solution would be perfect for? Yeah, we're, we're doing a similar approach that I did with Talent Rover as far as how we're going to scale the business. So, you know, we're looking at one, we're, we're wanting to target companies that are in specific segments. So right now we're focused on SaaS companies and professional services companies. Um, we're going to be expanding that as we go to include other segments. Um, we're also looking at the size of companies. Again, and initially when I started this, I wanted to solve a forecasting challenge for SMB and mid-market clients. So typically our clients range from employee counts of about 25 to 500. We can go north than that and we can go lower than that, but that's typically when we start to see uh, the most success for, for our existing client base. And of course, as the company grows and the product um, grows, we're gonna continue to expand that and get into enterprise eventually. But for now, I, there's just a glaring hole of companies like my old company that where do you go to get software that can help you with this? Um, most of the legacy providers are all focusing on the very big companies, which makes sense, um, but there's just a huge opportunity here. So, you know, companies 25 to 500, SaaS, ProServe, 
ideally use uh, Salesforce today. We also have a version of the product for companies that don't use Salesforce. And then we also look at the accounting system. So right now we do integrations with QuickBooks, uh, Xero and NetSuite. Uh, we're going to be doing more of those as we roll out through the year. But if you're in sort of that trifecta, it's a really good product for, for that company. Awesome. Awesome. So if someone is interested in seeing a demo and learning a little bit more about the tool, where can they find you online or how do they get in touch with the company? So placetechnology.com is our website. Um, you can also go to placecpm.com. It takes you to the same place as well. And it's very easy to sign up for a demo there. Um, we're all over social media. We try to be as present as possible. You can also go to the Salesforce app exchange if you are a Salesforce customer and find us there as well. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, one last question. And it's as you think about, you know, the journey you've been on, where you've been, where you are today, what's two pieces of advice you would share with other business owners? Yeah, I mean, hands down, the number one thing is know your financials and really understand them both, you know, your financials coming out of your accounting system, but then also understand your what your cash flow and your financial forecast looks like. And that will enable you to make better decisions about the company versus uh, what a lot of us and what I used to do as well is just go off my gut. It's a lot better if you have some data to back up that gut decision than, than just running with it. Um, and the second one that I've learned is really surround yourself with smarter people than yourself, or at least that you think are smarter than yourself. This isn't necessarily just your, your teammates and your colleagues, your employees. This is your, your network outside of that. Um, one of the best things that I've done is join um, a CEO group. I joined the Entrepreneurs Organization. I think that one's awesome, but there's a, several of them out there. But finding other people that are like-minded that can actually push you. Um, your group of friends that you have and who you spend most of your time with definitely influences where you go. Um, so I'm constantly looking at how can I find people that are way more successful than me that can challenge me and give me something to aspire to. Awesome. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks, Darrell. Glad to be here. Thank you for tuning in to the Business Talk Library. If you like our content, be sure to follow us on social media. And if you want to see more of our exclusive content, you can subscribe and become a member on patreon.com forward slash business talk library. Hey, the business talk library is the place where business makes sense.